0: And a good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is a fabulous day today, no matter what the temperature is outside. Here's the challenge for today. Here's the exciting opportunity for today. Think different. What do I mean by that? Differently think. What do I mean by that? That means today, tomorrow, the next day, I'm going to give you some homework. Wait, not give, but present. Not homework, but a game. So rather than give you homework, I'm going to present an opportunity for a game. Think differently or just differently think. For example, is the glass half full or is it half empty? Because remember, you get to decide the next time you're stuck at a red light. Is the world against you or is it some greater power saving your life from a car three blocks away running a red light to hit you? There are greater things at work here, living in the moment, trusting your instincts, and choosing opportunity can introduce levels of gratitude and success to your world that you've never dreamed of. Today, challenge yourself to not challenge yourself and present yourself with the opportunity to encourage gratitude and share it with the world. Now, let's get this Friday, Friday, Friday started.
1: It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard.
0: show play hard work hard. My name is Jason Spees. Joined today with Jenica live on location here in the beautiful Black Hills as we're passing through on our way to Colorado. Jenica just landed a big interview with the governor of Wyoming last night or yesterday afternoon, and so we're going to air that here today. That's part of our newsmaker segment coming up here on the second half of the program when we work hard. Jenica Hauser is my co-host today, my name is Jason Spies, thank you folks for joining us here at the Crude Life Morning Show, play hard, work hard, we're in the industrial forest studios, and as I mentioned, Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon coming up a little bit later in the program on our Swan Energy phone lines, and we are recording, good. Jenica, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing wonderful, how are you today?
0: Good, good, how was the interview with the Governor?
2: i thought it went really well yeah he was real pleasant to talk to had a lot of good information um it was it was shorter than i would have liked it i ha- i had more questions
0: i heard i heard <laughs> it was uh it was on under time constraints
2: yes yep they ran into a time wall
0: these guys but are busy right now.
2: They're crazy busy, yeah.
0: Every governor in the nation is suing the president, it seems. I swear.
2: It does. It does seem like there could be a lot more to come of that. Although, I, I will say, he didn't. He never said one way or another for certain, but it didn't sound uh, like they were leaning toward... Oh, what did you call it? Now, oh, I can't even think of what it's called.
0: What a the... A class
2: action suit. Oh, the... Yes.
0: The, oh, so... Uh, I, did, folks, I did get to ask him. So, Jenica <laughs> and I were texting... Before the interview and this was like five minutes before she had the interview and I just got done meeting with the mayor of Bismarck and we'll tell you about that uh, mayor of Bismarck Steve Bakken in just a moment but uh with the governor of, I saw Oklahoma, I saw Louisiana, I saw that we've got some news items coming up a little bit later on where some governors are suing. You've got uh, Wyoming. It just seemed like all North these Dakota. governors were coming forward, and I thought, boy, I wonder if there's going to be a class action lawsuit, because this, when you got that many people, that's, what, that's where my mind goes, better call Saul. Right. Can we get Saul Goodman in here to... Take this class action lawsuit. He'd be all over it, but, um, but you you weren't able to ask him that, huh? No, I
2: did. I oh, asked did. him. That was actually the Ooh. second question we led right on into goody, it. Goody, goody. Um, Don't tell us. Don't tell us. He I will say he has been in contact with a lot of different individuals to try and work out different ways to push back. And he he does elaborate on that as well as name drop a you know a few different mm-hmm. people that he has been talking with for these same purposes. Well he did so drop names. He did. He, did, he so did so.
0: Here's just to let you know, and for those of you out there who want a little journalism class, what I did there was I tried to create some news. So I had Jenica's ear and i put a suggestion in there but my my intention was to create some news that we would be the first one to talk about this because no one's talking about this and they're not doing it but i know damn well they're talking about it behind closed doors and if you ask they might tell you and apparently he did he said that well there's some chatter
2: it wasn't so much of a yes or no on whether or not it didn't sound like they were going straight toward it. But he, they, there's definitely collaboration. I can't
0: wait to listen to it because I yes, do want to definitely. see if I wanted to see if there's enough there for news because um, we've got some big things happening here at the Crude Life. Uh, we had to go and we had to get some uh, some Google certification recertification done, and we're going to be launching a new news site here. Not wow. us. We're helping somebody. That's gonna give us some priority in the Google News category. So we have that. We had the mayor of Bismarck. Uh, We're down to three locations now in Bismarck for Mm -hmm. this industrial forest. So just to let you folks know what's going on with the industrial forest. So this is a concept that we absolutely love here at The Crude Life. It's sustainable forests. No, it's a network of sustainable forests. So. What it is, it is a solution to a problem that's been happening. And the problem is, is that over 50% of the trees planted in the United States over the last 20 years, actually it might be the world, but United States for sure, have died. Over 50% of them. Doesn't matter if you're a municipality or if you're a nonprofit, they've died because there's no sustainability plan for the forest. They plant the trees, they take their Instagram photo, they move on. They don't water them after they're done. They think Mother Nature or the goddess Gaia is going to take care of it. Well, if you are man trying to change the earth, well, you've got to figure out a way to babysit and monitor this or that. You know, I mean, corn will go grow in the wild all day long, but it works better if you plant it yourself and you right. water it and, yeah, you keep that sort of thing. It's an
2: investment.
0: Right. So what we've done at the Industrial Forest is we've created these sustainability sheds, which is these are sheds put in the middle of the forest that have got water systems in them with critical pipeline systems. So that way the trees get water for two years, every day for two years. And then after that, once a week for for three to five years after that, depending on what the condition is like. See, the next meeting now we're having with the mayor of Bismarck is with the forestry department. And now we might be folding the state in too because the state wants in.
2: That's exciting. I know.
0: That's what I'm saying. This is so fun. And the network that we are building, because we're going to do this in all 50 states, the network that we are building not only is going to be a network of carbon capturing forests, but it's going to be a network of intellectual property. So Whatever works down in Texas might not work in Ohio, but they might be able to find some little piece of information and change what they're doing and extrapolate a difference. So we're going to be able to, because trust me, you go to these meetings, it's like a brainstorming idea session on steroids. Everybody's got an idea. Everybody wants to plant this, and their idea is the best. And Have you ever thought of this? Let's write them all down, and maybe another city will use them because here we have to start with the plants and work backwards what can grow here what do they need how often do they need it down in the permian we're looking at using recycled water wow to water the trees because we want to build a shade park in the desert think about that think about how fun that would be in bismarck it's going to be a walking education park okay so There's going to be no playground equipment. We don't want any kids playing. We want them walking and learning and enjoying nature. We want people sitting under the trees writing in their journals. We want the stones with the company logos who planted the trees next to the trees. We want a big giant piece of lignite coal in the entrance with a laser engraving that tells the story and all the sponsors. That's going to be cool. That's going to be very cool. It's going to be boss. Be <laughs> yeah, total boss. That's, by the way,
2: I, I hope so many people get to see that. I hope that just goes viral.
0: Well, and that's why the state's going to get folded in because the mayor was talking to somebody in the tourism department. Well, the tourism department's like absolutely we want involved with the with the industrial forest. So it's it's um, taking on a little bit of a life, you know, and that sort of thing. And uh, it's going to be interesting because. It's moved, it, here's here's where the irony is, is that, you know, we had about a dozen meetings with operators. It didn't go well. No? No, no. Tabled it. Everybody said table it, kick it, kick it down the can, we'll we'll, we'll revisit it next year. Well, everybody's, everybody's, you know, losing money. Right. And when you're in a meeting with 10 people, they, they're they talking about cutting costs. Yeah. The 10 people are it's talking been a, it's about been it. It's been a
2: hard year, yeah. Yeah. I could see that.
0: And so, we, okay, all right. And like I, like I said to a lot of the operators, well, maybe the story is industry can't build a forest. If that's the case, well, then we'll have to figure something else out. But either way, the forest is gonna get built mm-hmm. because we've got cities now involved. We've got states now involved. And if all we gotta do is plant some trees, pretty sure I can find some people to plant trees.
2: Oh, I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: but we wanna be able to show the world How industry can save a forest how industry can plant a forest but more importantly how industry can build a forest because really that's what we're talking about here we're talking about building sustainable forests so exciting um, stuff coming out of Bismarck North Dakota with the industrial forest and you had a good interview with Mark Gordon that's coming up governor Mark Gordon of Wyoming that's coming up a little bit later in the program now you're from the Wy- oh no, you went to college in Wyoming.
2: I did. Yep, I lived for about seven years in Wyoming.
0: Yes. Okay. Yep. So, and your is it your husband who worked in the oil and gas and industry. Yep. How I, long?
2: Uh, gosh, over over a decade. My brother-in-law still works in the oil and gas industry. He, okay. He was uh, one of the owners of, I think, First Rate Energy. I'm not entirely certain. It, it all gets a little confusing. This stuff's been shuffling hands mm-hmm. in the last few years. There's been so many ups and downs and it's this last year, I can't even imagine how crazy that was for people working in the industry in Wyoming. And I am scared for them for the, you know, what's to come. scared for a lot of people right right now. And
0: and now you live uh, basically on the east side of Wyoming, western side of South Dakota, which is coal country. A lot of coal over here. Well, it used to be. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: so a lot of uh, industries getting impacted through that. Yeah. Just some different times here in, in Wyoming and I saw in the news uh, headlines too, something about Wyoming and Colorado are in a fight now. I can't wait to see what that's all <laughs> about. I have no idea what that's all about. But so amusing. Can't wait. And then, uh, now you've got kids too, correct? I do,
2: yep. How many kids? I've got three kids.
0: Holy smokes, three kids. Three okay. kids. And are you even 30?
2: I am 31.
0: Okay, 31, three kids. I'm interested to your, some of your perspective on things. And Folks, we're going to talk about distance learning and virtual learning in the next segment, because that's, when you really think about the oil and gas industry, at least for me, I think of small business owners, all right? Mm-hmm. I, I I understand there's a lot of people that live in corporate America, I get that. And those are the top of the food chain, I understand that. But the majority of the workers in the oil and gas industry are small business owners. Even mm-hmm. a lot of people who work for ABC Oil Company, they're actually a 1099 employee. Right. So and they do that because they're families. They want to make sure that either them or their wife or their significant other basically has the ability to be available twenty four seven if needed. Right. I mean that's really what it boils down to for a lot of people is just I, I yeah I hope I'm not needed on on the drop of a hat but I, I know I need to be so right. I need to control my schedule. So a lot of risk gets kind of satisfied through just that sheer freedom. So when I think of you know, what's been going on in the world of schools and distance learning, for me personally, I bet I get two a day maybe, three a day, so anywhere from 10 to 15 emails a week I'll get from somebody who is uh, at the school, either announcements, or my favorite is the superintendent delegating stuff to me, or you got the principal giving me a survey I mean, I, I swear these people must work on these emails for three hours before they send it out. And I can't read them. I mean, I've got to take a week off just to read the emails that come in. Oh, and so we'll talk about that in the next segment. <laughs> There's a whole new grading system for some of this stuff. I don't even get it. My kid went to Montessori, so I, you know, I mean.
2: I'm glad to be in the Black Hills. I'm I'll just to, say that. I'm glad to be in the Black Hills.
0: Yeah, so, anywho. Yeah. so uh, Jenica is a corespo- content correspondent. She's got uh, background in media, so she's coming to us, and she's going to be, uh, sounds like the energy secretary is in these sites, the new energy secretary is oh. a possibility.
2: I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I've been added to a, a press release uh, list, so I'm getting all kinds of updates. Oh. So I, I know that at least uh, someone's seen it. I, right, I know that at least someone's seen my email. The,
0: the new people uh. are like, oh, new... Media people, just put them on the email list and see if they come back. So you're right. being you're being vetted right now. That's what that's is that what happens. What that is? Oh, totally. Oh. Yeah, it takes well. a while, but the good news is, though, at least you got to the right person.
2: Right. Yes. That's the.
0: So what we do is we, uh, as veterans, instead of saying they're giving us the workaround or the runaround, we say we're in talks.
2: We're in talks. We're
0: currently in talks. We're negotiating schedules right now.
2: Yes, yes. There's much much conference to be had. (laughs)
0: It's much easier than, ah, they're just screwing me around. They're just (laughs) giving me the runaround. Well, you've been kind of noticing how that is the reality in the last eight months, how a year ago you could get Mm -hmm. interviews, now boy it's it's not so easy is it
2: no oh, no everyone is so busy
0: isn't that funny how Too busy
2: to even have 10 minutes right
0: they, yeah. they don't have to drive to work anymore they don't have to shower for work anymore they don't have to get clothes on if they don't need to they, they, they could literally sit in their bathrobe and conduct their business they can do it over the phone they don't have to if they if they want to do zoom they can do it from the head up they can, right. they can throw on a white shirt or whatever you know like the judges do behind the chambers so it, it's interesting how there are less people who are less accessible mm-hmm. who are paid to be accessible. And this is what's fun, folks, is is that when when you're a real journalist or you're a real journalist organization, you know the difference between the people who are paid to talk to the media and the people who are not. So when we, you know, when, when you reach out, and I've told you this mm-hmm. out to a CEO or a president of a private company, they don't even have to respond to the email. They don't have to at all, neither do any of their people. But they hire people whose job is to do that. Now they don't even have to, it's nice when they do, but they don't really even have to, they're a private company. However, once you start getting into these associations and you start getting into the the government employees, they're tax funded, they're tax funded. And they have people paid Specifically to talk to the media, and if they're avoiding reporters and pulling the oh we're too busy, yeah, that's that that is the equivalent of just going out and sitting behind uh, smoking with your friends out behind the gas station while you're getting paid. That's that's essentially what you're doing. Is it you're uh, it, right? you, well, yeah, you're avoiding one of your duties and responsibilities because times are tough right now and questions are hard. I mean. You've got people yeah. that have to, that are giving out millions of dollars, picking winners and losers, deciding who gets momentum and who doesn't get momentum with their business, who gets access, yeah. who doesn't get access. These are public employees, appointed employees, okay? And these are the people that we're, we're going to hold their feet to the fire. Oh, absolutely we are. That's what we're, to well, me. someone needs to. To me, this is the play hard part. This is the fun <laughs> part where we get to actually... Like I said, if they're a private business, absolutely, I'll respect their privacy all day long because they don't need some jabroni like me or somebody like you <laughs> trying to ask them questions when they're trying to figure out their own problems. Right. They don't need us coming in with, hey, have you thought of this problem? <laughs> they got shareholders for that, right? <laughs> right. But... If you're a government employee and you're paid to talk to the media, hey, get out of hiding, pal. Get out of hiding. Otherwise, we're going to have to start speculating.
2: Well, unfortunately, it seems like there's a lot of government paid positions that don't tend to do what they were hired to do.
0: Well, low hanging fruit when times are good. Hundred dollar oil is fun. Anybody can go golfing. Yeah. Anybody can go have fun. Go go spend the the companies per diem and all that other stuff. Oh, isn't that isn't that a good time? Mm-hmm. Now, what do you mean? I gotta I gotta hold my. You're holding me accountable for my words. You Absolutely mean there's not.
2: responsibility attached to this position? Isn't
0: that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So, well, I'm, I'm I'm glad on one aspect that I wasn't going crazy because a year ago I started saying, you know, a lot of these guys are, it's like a rare albino elk sighting. And then a few months later you called me and were like, what's up with these guys? She called me and she was just venting because she's, you've never experienced this before, have you?
2: No, no. Such and it's just like this one, off. but yeah.
0: Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No,
2: no, but that, that's exactly what it feels like. Maybe they are very busy. Maybe, maybe it's all true. You know, I don't know, but it definitely feels like, like they're just trying to not have anyone ask the hard questions, maybe because they don't know what to say. I don't know, but there's, that, that's, it's, well, we've answered these questions. You can use the audio that's already been released, but we don't have time for even a 10 minute phone call.
0: Right. They don't have time for that. No, no. Nope.
2: Well, it mm-hmm. is, it is the most valuable commodity.
0: I, I just I get such a kick out of how offensive we don't have time becomes. You can hear it in their voice. You can hear it in their voice that they want you off the phone. The only reason they're talking to you is because they're paid to talk to you. Otherwise, they would hang up. That's what I'm saying. People are paid to talk to the media to, to where now... They're getting paid their interpretation is just to blow them off and to say, no, we don't have time and COVID and COVID. I'm surprised they're not using 9-11 still. I mean, that was an excuse for 10 years for a lot of people to where it got abused, to where arrested development, God bless them, Tobias. Mm. I don't wanna blame 9-11, but that certainly didn't help. Right. You know? And that's, that's what it's like now with COVID. When you're giving out millions of dollars to specific people that you've only given access to for the last three years, and now you're you're wondering why people are upset and questioning it? And you're wondering why the oil and gas industry is under fire? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I mean, you, you live in a liberal part of the state here in the Black Hills. Which-
2: wow i actually i no, you're out in belfush yeah i was I, I don't i've never considered this area to be liberal um there there are definitely you know spearfish? there are those spe- spearfish probably more so than most of the areas in the black hills That's but amazing. even but even in spearfish i mean you're gonna you're gonna find um left-leaning individuals but for the most part uh even spearfish is gonna be more central than you know strictly left-leaning or or even or even conservative. Now the rest of the Black Hills though, that they're they're pretty they're pretty conservative. No, they are conservative, it's, it's you're right there. Yeah. Trump flags flying and patriot attitude yeah. and help thy neighbor in America. Cross that know? border
0: into Wyoming and the Tea Party's considered liberal there. They're 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 very conservative in Wyoming. Extremely yes, yes to where it's
2: Although getting surprisingly not so much. I was very, very surprised. Casper Wyoming, not really as conservative as people might think.
0: So here's, here's what I had heard from some people that were looking at relocating to Colorado, that they did not like the politics. So then they looked at the Black Hills, but then they found out a lot of people from Colorado that didn't like the politics are now moving to the Black Hills in mm-hmm. eastern uh, Wyoming and in um, western South, South Dakota. Dakota, which oh, is yeah. driving the real estate prices up. housing market yeah. is booming oh, right it is. now. Wow.
2: Oh, okay. yeah. My dad actually called me the other day and Jenny Joe, I'd pay for you to get your realtor's license if you wanted it. I don't have time
0: for that. <laughs> But it's booming There we are Back to time you Once know, again I know, uh, Speaking that. of time we got to take a quick pause When we come back We're going to be talking about Distance learning Right here On the Crude Life Morning Show Play hard, work hard mm-hmm.
1: I'm feeling alright well, I'm doing okay well, I'm here for the moment Knowing that I'm on my way well, I came and I said In becoming a sponsor, email studio at thecrudelife.com. The music heard on the Crude Life morning show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody Riverbank. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard. It's sponsored in part
0: by... If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. The industrial forest. It takes an industry to build a forest. industry to build a forest if you're interested in sustainable forests growing industry jobs check out the industrial that's the industrial play hard work hard now let's play hard <laughs> back to the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Jenica Hauser, a content correspondent as well as a Stringer reporter out there in Shale Play USA and community, oh, community Morning Show in the past as well. So thank you for joining us here this morning. We're broadcasting from the beautiful Black Hills today. We're going to be out in Colorado, Weld County tomorrow. And you had uh, interviewed... Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon you said he's been talking with the North Dakota governor, huh?
2: Yeah, he had mentioned that he's been in conversation nearly every day with the North Dakota, Governor Bergum, I yep. believe, yes, was his name, mm-hmm. yep. Um, um, and they've been apparently speaking every day and to collaborate on ways to push back against the executive order that placed the moratorium on federally leased resources, which I also found that to be interesting when they're talking about what the moratorium was about. Everyone's very focused on one item or aspect, but the wording that... I had come across it said that the moratorium was on federally leased resources which would include more than just the land itself that would be anything attached to it or any Mm -hmm. don't touch essentially yeah
0: yeah that's one of the big parts is when it comes to like the pipelines is when it goes under a waterway like with the Keystone going under the Missouri River that's where like the Army Corps of Engineers steps in and then it becomes federal right then and there Uh, otherwise it's interstate but as soon as you become federal, then it, it just mucks it up and then it becomes problematic. Yeah. But I'll be interested to see uh, what happens with that because you know uh, a lot of governors have already come out and basically sued or the language at least suggests that they mm-hmm. are suing. In North Dakota, they're doing a pledge. And I thought that was pretty weak when I saw that. A pledge? I have no idea what it is, but it's something to do with a pledge and... I saw a bunch of people emailed it. And, and and all I know is that the governor of California did a pledge. And then he broke his pledge a year later. So uh, Senator Hoven does not sign pledges. So he'll, he will not sign unless he did. But he's always told me for 20 years of interviewing Senator Hoven, he doesn't sign pledges. So it's interesting that the governor of North Dakota was doing a pledge hmm. when... The other governors were just coming right out and getting an attorney lawyering up.
2: That is very interesting. I had actually seen, though, that North Dakota is in the process of putting forth legislation to bypass the executive orders should it be found unconstitutional. I'd actually seen that before. I'd seen that South Dakota also has legislation introduced uh, for that same purpose.
0: North Dakota is also putting together a bill where they're going to tax wind turbines to pay oil companies. What? This is awesome. It's just it's just so funny. It's just fantastic. What? They're going to like tax wind turbines to turn around and pay oil companies in some way. It's just I love it. It's just like Oh, this is oh, it's you know, f u legislation. A oh, L- lot goodness. of this stuff's going on here, but uh, anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about distance learning today because Jenica's got three kids. I've got a 14-year-old and actually so I I taught my son sign language so my son and i have been communicating since he was about i don't know three months old ever since he could hold his neck up you know milk and change me some basic signs and then we went to dog and cat and so yeah and they pick it up very quickly Mm -hmm. very quickly so i've been teaching my taught my kids sign language and they went to a montessori okay went to a montessori and they don't have traditional grades i mean you get a crocodile for spelling and a you know a (laughs) whatever I'm just making (laughs) stuff up there whatever they don't have they don't have math they have feelings class you know that sort of thing I'm just kidding (laughs) what did I always call it the the hippie do-goodery school I called it but uh it was Montessori is where instead of counting to 10 they make you hold a a row of 10 beads so and you they make you say it out loud one two three four five six seven eight nine ten Oh, and then you actually learning. feel it. So your audio, visual, and kinesthetic. Role playing. Kinesthetic. That's the word. Okay? Yep. So Montessori says that if you can incorporate the three different styles of learning, because there's three different styles of learning, audio, visual, and kinesthetic, that the child will learn faster. And I found that to be true. And my son, he just was a sponge and everything else. So uh, he's in public school now. This year he's distance learning and what a train wreck this has been. It is it has gotten so bad teachers are skipping class. No kidding. Son will come upstairs and I'll be like what's up? He's ah, teacher didn't show up for class today. So we have that to That is to, crazy. Yeah, so they got to go they got to go find some other class to go to. Oh, it's just it's it's a joke. And I actually when about a month in I just said to him, we were having dinner one night, and I said, you know, son, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this to you, but you've you had to grow up fast. You know, your mom and I, we're not together, so you experienced that. You, you, know, you, you um, went to Montessori, you, he started working when he was eight. You know, he got a job reorganizing a video store type inventory. So he's just had a lot of really mature things, you know, and I just said, you know what? This year, just learn the angles what so I told them, I said, just learn the angles to figure out how to get by the best you can this year. Mm-hmm. I said, because one week they're teaching you how to use the Google drive, the Google documents. That was a week of education.
2: Are you serious right now?
0: Oh, they're training these kids to be corporate America. Absolutely. They are without a doubt, hands down. So that's what I'm experiencing, is I'm experiencing these kids playing video games for six hours a day with their friends, and then a couple hours a day, they'll, they'll, they'll do the school, because that they can get by with that. And like I said, the teachers, they may, maybe show up, maybe not, whatever. So what, what are you experiencing with some of this visual mm-hmm. learning? Because today here in the Black Hills, we got socked with snow, yeah. so it was an option.
2: No, actually, well, see, okay, so I homeschool our youngest, And so I don't ever have to deal with the distance learning. She's just, you know, always hanging out with me. And she's been doing great. I do agree with you. I think that incorporating the different styles of learning definitely helps. Now, my oldest two, though, um, are from my husband's previous relationships. Unfortunately, I don't get to have a whole lot of of say or control, but I do get to be there to help with stuff. And I get to listen, you know, to the issues that they've been having and, not not I haven't really heard many people be too much a fan of any of the distance learning it's more difficult to find motivation to get the homework done Um, it's it's more difficult as you were saying to get into contact although uh, thankfully I hadn't heard anything about any of the teachers actually skipping school that's infuriating. I did, however, hear things about, you know, teachers showing up and not actually covering anything, spending the entire 30 minutes like, oh, how are you? You know, playing therapist. Is everything good at home? Are mom and dad being nice to you? You know, which I find to be highly inappropriate. Or then there was really
0: inappropriate because there's there's training, so there's training sessions on baiting kids to get them to open up about their home life to see if there's any domestic dispute or anything along those lines.
2: Yeah, watch so, for it, but don't bait them. Well,
0: that's what I'm saying to where if you're doing things like that, and mm-hmm. the cops aren't supposed to be doing that either. Like They're not supposed to be doing that stuff, okay? And, and no. there's certain things where there's been too many misunderstandings to where it doesn't justify the amount of whatever they have. You know, oh, if we can just save one out of 100. No, it's actually not true because the 100 that you screwed up on caused more problems than the one. The the blowback is what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: How about that one teacher? Did you even? I wonder if you even heard about this. There was a teacher doing an in-home uh, distance learning with one of her students, and he had an unloaded BB gun yeah. on his back wall in his bedroom. It was sure. unloaded. It was mounted properly. Um, it had nothing to do with anything. They didn't even talk about it. But after the class, this person, this teacher, went to the principal who went to the school board, who went to the police, who ended up showing up at this parent's house. She was a military, a Navy veteran. Um, everything in there was absolutely, proper, they couldn't find anything that was in their, you know, incorrectly or in a dangerous manner. And the, the mother, I feel, posed a very excellent question. What's to say? What's to happen then, you know, um, with other things? Because they, they, they said that it counted because they were doing school. So having that weapon in his bedroom would be the same as bringing a weapon to school, which I vehemently disagree with. But that's not really the point. This was their logic. The mother wow. says, what happens if we're doing class in the kitchen? And I have a butcher knife on the counter next to him because I'm making food. Are you going to consider that to be a weapon as well? Am I going to have the cops back at my house?
0: Wow, what a, what a slippery slope of interpretation. Um, right,
2: we're re-
0: Reminds me of when I w- went to, stopped at a Walmart and ran inside for 10 minutes, 45 degree weather. Had my windows cracked down probably about four or five inches. Woman called the cops on me because my dog was in the back of the SUV. He's, he's, uh, the seats are down. It's not only 45 degrees outside, he's much warmer mm-hmm. than a lot of other people are. Okay. Cause he's a dog. He's got fur. And again, the cops aren't supposed to show up on that animal control is so by the, and this is what bothers me. Okay. So the police showed up, I'm standing here in the parking lot walking out and this woman is there. Okay. That's probably 26, 27 year old and the cops then show up. And in this, woman cop was embarrassed out of the gate out of the gate she felt bad being there but she was trying to like downplay the situation because she could see that um i wasn't very happy
3: mm. no i was calm yeah.
0: but i was like what's going on here why i mean i'm just walking out of the store and all of a sudden i got a cop at my my thing because my dog is in the back seat just panting away and and being happy you've right. met you've met frackleberry mm-hmm. hound he's mm-hmm. just he's lovely Um. Well, turns out I found out the cops aren't supposed to show up. Animal control is. Hmm. But when the cop left, the she was overly apologetic to me, and then said to the woman who called the police, "Um, "You did the right thing, you know." Blah blah blah. And I'm thinking, no no, this is a teachable moment where Mm -hmm. you say, "I'm sorry." In the future, we have to call animal control this and that because we've gone on so many of these in the past that wastes our time, it wastes our resources and blah, 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 blah type thing. Yeah. But they, they they can't even do that now. They can't even follow their own policies if it goes against the social shaming police. That's what worries me that it's happening in the school now mm-hmm. where these social shaming police are now starting to get in through Zoom, starting to get in through these... Uh, At-home things and starting to dictate how people live their lives at home. That's really scary. It's scary because they're training kids this way, you know? So, I don't know. I mean, what happened to that kid? Did they get in any trouble or what? Zero tolerance? Guns in school?
2: I, I think, I think it was probably just let go. The police were not worried like I said about the mom actually they shook her hand and told her that it was everything was put up very nicely it was like it was perfect Mm -hmm. tip tip top shape that that woman had a nice nice household she ran a real smart kid and they fought against it I think it was just basically let go but I don't believe that anyone got into any trouble I think personally I would be so offended because that feels like an infiltration of privacy right there Yes, the kid is in his room, but why is it the teacher's business to be looking around, trying to find things is what that seems like. If there was actual reason to be worried and you happen to notice it, by all means, you know, pay attention. We should be paying attention to the kids, but that's kind of the point. We're paying attention long enough to tell people what they're doing wrong in their own children's lives, but who's being proactive and trying to fix it. What, yeah. what are the teachers doing? Not showing up for class? Is, how is that any better than what, than what we're trying to lay at the parents' feet to be responsible for? I,
0: I can't even understand why I'm getting surveys and, and asking me what they would do. I, I don't know. You're the superintendent. You're the principal. Don't you get paid to make these decisions? I mean, you're, you're like the top dog, and you're asking me what would I do? Well, you're not going to listen to me. What I would do, so just <laughs> trust me. What what I would do has none none of the options you laid out. God. So done with that option, yeah. you know. But anyway, it's it's so you. How long have you been homeschooling then?
2: I Addie has never been to a public school actually. Okay. So and she's seven. So I've been homeschooling her for a couple of years. I've been working with her on the alphabet for the longest. She is not a fan of having. But man, she's a math whiz. She loves science and dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. It's been fun my favorite part of homeschooling is that i get to learn stuff over again too so that's kind of neat
0: dinosaurs are so fun hands-on kids. learning
2: oh yeah she that's loves how we, it um
0: we taught my son the constellations Ooh. by dinosaurs we um yeah this through his Montessori he was four years old and he had to get up get up and give an eight minute presentation oral presentation on the constellations you'll be on anything so and i i i was like blown away like what what are you talking about teacher and then we sat down and i listened to her tell me how my son could do it and when he was at, by the way age five he did it by memory so that's fantastic at age right and so at age four four and a half it's not that hard really you get poster board and the bullet points on the poster board it's it's amazing how easy a speech can become but all we did was uh we made up a story about dinosaurs in your backyard because he was really into dinosaurs. So instead of the little dipper, we renamed it the baby Brachiosaurus. So all he did is get up there in front of his class and told stories about dinosaurs. No different than how we learned about the big bear. Mm-hmm. So we basically created our own mythology, our own stories. And and we actually created a little like staple book, Dinosaurs That's in My Backyard. That's adorable. And that, that, that was once a month for, I think, six eight weeks or whatever the speaking series was that's what we did it was a different dinosaur and that's how we did it age four and then age five you had to do it by memory and we did a different thing because it was vertical learning they picked a subject when you were young and you just dived into different areas and then hopefully by the time you say you're a senior you're doing some sort of helium gas star ignitious you know report versus dinosaurs in your backyard when you're four and mm-hmm. so it did it he did it for three years and advanced along and, and everything that's and then awesome. and then we went we moved and left that school mm-hmm. district. but anyway it it's interesting how the kids can learn and so I had a I had a guy who really went off about some of the distance learning that's been going on, and he got into where he just flat out said he goes he goes, "I'm convinced sc- schools are a training center. you can get an education in a forest, but." You don't get trained like you do at a school. Yeah, you know, with all these different rules and regulations and this and that and and that's that's why we always laugh when schools are named freedom and liberty. <laughs> it's like the last place you get it. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Although I will say that I I certainly appreciate what we've got here in the Black Hills. The 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 high school at Sturgis. I I don't have any complaints about how those teachers act over there. I. Out of all, and I'm 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 pretty critical. My mom's actually a teacher, and I am very opinionated. Mm-hmm. I, unfortunately for everyone else, I tend to be very opinionated. But I'm blessed, I feel, to be living in the Black Hills for the school situation specifically.
0: I I do think anybody that's got a gripe about the distance learning is um, their their voice should be heard mm-hmm. um, more than ever. And if you're in leadership, sorry man, you got to take it. This is the, that's the hand you're dealt but there are legitimate concerns the, the the whole social aspect with kids the whole are they getting the proper immune system because they're wearing masks in school and you know there's a lot of conversations that nobody's having that are legitimate and that's why I don't think suppressing certain people's concerns or calling them crazy or conspiracy or whatever no everything's on the table right mm-hmm. now because have we ever had a society where kids for 3 years ages five through eight wore masks when that's one of their peak development times for antihistamines and creating antibiotics for their body and this and that. And do you know what I mean by that? I, I, do, I do. I'm mm, there's, Well, you're holding mm, you back a little bit. Right? I am. I
2: am holding, there's, Oh my gosh. You're trying talking to be polite. about the masks. I am trying to be polite.
0: See now, I, I'm not, I don't know anything behind that, but what I do know is Chernobyl. Okay. Okay. Chernobyl. And this is another crazy idea. Another crazy thing, like you just spouted out, right? Right. Which is, if you go take a look at the media, they'll tell you tens of thousands of people were gonna die. They, they had numbers, hundreds of people were gonna die with Chernobyl and um, Russia when it happened. It was like, a, it was, I think it was under, I think it was like 60, actually. Okay. But what they found out was the media and the government propaganda actually killed more people from mm-hmm. the stress and the fear and the, the, the calamity than the actual Chernobyl event itself. Oh my
2: gosh, yeah. But
0: during that time, if you were to talk against that grain like you just did,
2: right? Yep. you
0: are scarlet lettered, you are mm-hmm. considered crazy. That's why the crude life, hey, we're all about playing hard and having some free forming mm-hmm. conversation, this and that. You go to the second hour, we're probably not gonna ask that question no. to, to anybody. We're probably no. not gonna have that talk unless it's Fauci. Right. And then we'll ask him point know, blank. Yeah. Did you do this? Well, I asked Dr. David Kessler one day. He's the former FDA uh, Food and Drug Administrator for Obama. I'm sorry, Clinton. Under uh, President Clinton, he was the Food and Drug Administrator and I interviewed him. And I asked him, I said, when he was not the Food and Drug Administrator, he was he an was, uh, author. He had a book. And he was, he was no longer in government. He was in private. I asked him, I said, um, Food and Drug is food and drug. I said, the process of sugar is very similar to cocaine. The the, the effects are very similar too, just the timing is just rapid and, mm-hmm. and difference there. I said, is sugar a drug? And he said, Jason, when I was the FDA administrator, absolutely sugar is a food. Now I don't know if I'd say that. So he didn't say no. Right. You know, he didn't answer my question, but he did right and that's what i was trying to say earlier about your interview with mark gordon it's like he didn't answer it but he did you know it's one of those things but But hey we got to take a pause oh go ahead sorry
2: no that was it
0: okay we got to take a pause (laughs) because we're up against the clock here but we did not want to distance learning got a little heavy folks but we're going to come back with our news segment right here on the play hard work hard morning show my name is jason that is Jenica hauser we'll see you in a bit
1: interested in becoming a sponsor emailed studio at the food life not
3: longer it's funny and it slips away in the dark side of things.
1: The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by...
0: If you have natural gas leases and are looking to sell them, Swan Energy wants to talk to you today. Give them a call at 866-539-0860. That's 866-539-0860. Swan Energy is buying up natural gas leases, and they may buy yours too. Give them a call today. Industrial forest. It takes an industry to build a forest. industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now let's play hard. Welcome back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies. That is Jenica Hauser. And we are going to do some news right now. And let's see if the sounder going. Good enough. Okay, so let's see. This, by the way, Jenica, I know it's your first time doing news. Quite, It's very simple. We've got a couple news stories, which you found, that are oil and gas related. And it's quickly... People are learning how interconnected oil and gas is, not only across geographies, but through lifestyles and in industry too. Because when the oil and gas industry is impacted, well, all of a sudden, like the transportation industry is impacted, and and the plastics industry, and all these other ones. And so, the third is kind of a wild card, dealer's choice, if you will. And we've had. Everything from science to politics to humor. So, be interesting to see what you have there today. But what uh, what headlines have you found? Takes by the way, I don't have a TV. I got rid of my TV in 2006, so I don't. I've not grown up or had television on for over a decade. So, I, I don't get the news.
2: Less stress that way, I'm sure.
0: It was a conscious choice. We had to do with raising my son. I didn't want my son growing up around that. Uh, I didn't want him, and it didn't matter if it was, you know, the 24-hour news networks or if it was Kardashians or if it was Survivor, I just didn't want that noise on as the background noise. His mother was a singer, so we embraced more of the music aspect, so we had a lot of Pandora on when Pandora was a thing. I don't even know if it's still a thing. I'm sure it is. It's
2: still a thing for me. I don't okay, know about good. the rest of the world. But. No, I know it is for me
0: too, but I, I don't know. I mean, there's times where I say things and I realize how old I sound. And Pandora is probably one of those things where I sound old. But uh, at any rate, so uh, for me, this is kind of interesting because, like I said, I don't really follow the news or get much of the news because I interview a lot of newsmakers. So a lot of my news comes right from senators and presidents and CEOs, so right. that's, that's where I get a lot of my information. So these news stories are interesting because um, it's like the world has said, you know, we used to have journalism class and we used to have reporting school, screw it. Let's just let the marketing departments and the, and, and the, the clickbait people win.
2: Yep, and and, and then here we are, not sure what's true and what's not. I have way too much news that I see every day, Um, and it's not even from TV because I I don't watch TV either, Um, but... But, so much.
0: Let's see what we got today in the news. First thing here, Governor Mark Gordon
2: throws support behind Colorado County that wants to secede and join Wyoming. So this was actually published six days ago. It says, Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon shared his support for Weld County, a rural Colorado county home to nearly 324,000 residents. Efforts to secede from the state and join Wyoming on Monday. That was a very long sentence, but he's in support of what's happening there.
0: So why wait? Weld County wants to join Wyoming. Yes. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. This Weld- is absolutely fantastic. And and you did not have this piece of information when you interviewed Mark Gordon, did you? Oh,
2: I see. I did, but I was trying to be focused oh, here. How did you not lead with this? You, this you're is, right. You're right. This was this that was foul. I should
0: have. This is lobster thermidor right here. This is the this is the <laughs> flame and yawn. This somebody wants to succeed their should, state. And join. Are are they even connected honestly, by boundaries? See, um, Isn't Cook County in between?
2: No. Yes. No. I I'm, don't know. I'm not Shoot. familiar
0: with Northern. I'll be there in, in a day, so I'll check it out and get back to you. Trying to, to but, remember the map that okay, I saw. Okay. So Weld County. Yeah. You know, um, I go to Greeley, Adams, that area. So Weld County, right? Yeah. I. It might be. Oh boy. I apologize for everybody in Colorado listening that I'm not up on my county geography. Anyway, so go on, go, forget, go back to the story with, um, okay. so but, they want to succeed from Colorado. Yes. Because that's the oil and gas producing county. From what and I. And agriculture.
2: Yeah. From, from what I gather, they feel like they have more in common with the Wyoming communities than with the rest of the Colorado communities. That's what I've inferred. So don't take my word for it. But um, Governor Gordon has apparently thrown support behind it. He says, we would love that. Uh, he said that during an interview on the KUA News Radio station. Now, Colorado Governor Jared Polish or Polis, excuse me, Governor Jared Polis has pushed back against Governor Mark Gordon's support and he said that Weld County residents are proud to be a part of his state. He says, hands off Weld County, Governor Mark Gordon, that is a direct quote, hands off. Weld County. Uh, He says, Weld County is a thriving part of Colorado, and Weld County residents are proud to be part of our great state. Now, what I found to be funny was that the Colorado governor had added to that. He goes on to say, I do hear from so many Cheyenne residents, on the other hand, that they are culturally, economically, and socially more connected to Colorado than Wyoming. So.
0: (laughs) What an odd and pardon my French pissing match that's what yeah odd back and forth
2: I was I was trying Did, to be serious it never occurred to me to ask him about this I really I didn't think it would really go too far but yeah there oh, this, this, this is, is just this, this
0: is, is <laughs> sensational right here I mean are you not entertained I mean you've got two governors well by the way Gordon Bravo you are just you're just antagonizing. You're just kind of you're stirring the pot, buddy. I love it. <laughs> well, it this is fantastic. Mark Gordon's like going. Uh, we'll take egg and uh, oil, sure. Okay. Well, yeah. Who
2: is he to turn them down? You, you, a- apparently, you power eighty percent
0: asked. of Colorado. Okay.
2: <laughs> a- apparently, they've been asking for nearly a decade. Some residents of Weld County, according to this article, have have pushed state and local officials to support their efforts to secede from Colorado and join Wyoming for nearly a decade.
0: Senator John Cook, interview him, okay? Former sheriff of Weld County. Okay. You're not going to get a better interview out of Weld County than Senator Cook. He's a state senator now. He was a sheriff for a long time. So he knows all sides. Okay. You know, he was a sheriff, okay? I so will reach he, out to he, him. He talked to the protesters and the, and the cattle farmers and the pipeliners, and, and you'll find out really quick where his politics are. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's he's just fantastic. We'll, we'll have to get him on the program to find out more about that. Go back to that headline for a second.
2: Governor Mark Gordon throws support behind Colorado County that wants to secede, join Wyoming.
0: That headline is absolutely phenomenal. Like, it's got everything in it. It just, it's got so many different, angles to it that you actually cock your head and turn and say did i just see the word succeed mhm and you got one governor saying come on over and then not only that this is by newsweek
2: mm-hmm. is that yep. what you said yep this is a newsweek newsweek article right here
0: <laughs> people get on me for watching pro wrestling this is pro wrestling right here
2: this is this yeah is
0: fantastic by the way it is it is is there any validity behind this, or did this? I mean, is there is there a group in Weld County that's that's uh, cited in the story, or is this just Mark G- Gordon saying eh, I'm going to screw with Polis today? Yeah, we'll take <laughs> <laughs> Weld County.
2: <laughs> right. This this seems like a good a good agenda for the day. We'll just shake things <laughs> or, up a bit. Or
0: is Polis saying, you know what, those guys, those oil guys, are kind of mad at me. I better start some made up thing. Hey, we want this. They love us here. I mean, it just seems kind of weird that the story happened it, well apparently it according
2: to this article it's been brewing for like I said nearly a decade they even have a Facebook group named Weld County Wyoming okay and this group is asking for the issue to be put on the 2021 ballot in November now we
0: are going to get the Facebook administrator on this program yeah absolutely <laughs> this has got the crude right life written all over it totally find
2: out what they're what they're going for here it doesn't I mean it doesn't look like it would actually work again according to this article it says even if they gained the majority support from voters uh it would be difficult because it would still have to be approved by the Colorado state legislator and then accepted by the Wyoming state legislator so we know that Wyoming would probably you know accept it I don't know about the uh, Colorado state legislature going for that even with the voter support as we've seen from other different uh representatives of the people it doesn't always matter what the people are asking for so it would be interesting to see where this goes
0: i'm i'm just blown away by this Abso- i mean i'm absolutely blown away that that is even a thing but hey i'm actually trying to see right now <laughs> if if weld county is connected
2: the weld county lines
0: it looks like it is, okay, it must be. It, all right. it, it,
2: a- the map that I uh, in had initially seen, and I can't remember which site that I'd seen it on, it looked like it was connected, but I am terrible with the county lines myself.
0: Well, no, it's just that Greeley is just a little bit down from from where the, the border is, and so anyway, that's all. Well, okay, what do we got for the next news story? That was an interesting one. That was a good one. I like that.
2: Right? That was that was something to see for sure. Um, okay, so this next one, Governor Stitt signs executive order to protect Oklahoma energy from federal overreach. So this is about uh, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt. He signed an executive order. It says today. This was published February 8th. He signed an executive order to protect Oklahoma's oil and gas industry from a Washington power grab. Uh, this is a reference to his executive order 202103, which highlights Oklahoma's role as a global leader in energy production, as well as the state's successful all of the above strategy that has reduced carbon dioxide emissions to levels below the national average while producing the most affordable energy in the United States. Now, this order also criticizes the Biden administration's attack on energy-producing states like Oklahoma, specifically citing the federal overreach and dismissal of Oklahoma's constitutional ability to properly determine how to best develop its own natural resources. So, Governor Stitt says energy production is the backbone of Oklahoma's economy. He says, my executive order sends a clear message to the Biden administration that threatening to destroy Oklahoma jobs and our constitutional ability to develop our oil and gas is unacceptable.
0: What, what was the headline? <clears throat> I'm sorry. Let's go back to the headline.
2: It is Governor Stitt signs executive order to protect Oklahoma energy from federal overreach.
0: Okay. This is a press release. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, this, this is a, yeah, an a press release on the the uh, governors.
0: What was the other one? Here. What was the other governor that you had? You had two from that governors. What was, was it? Was it Louisiana's governor who was suing? Yes, here it is. Was it, it one is. of them suing or?
2: Um, it's okay. So here we have Louisiana governor at odds with Biden over oil and gas policy. So this yeah, is. What did
0: they do? So okay, so in North Dakota we have a mm. pledge, in Oklahoma we have an executive order, in. Colorado Weld County, which by the way, touches Wyoming. I just looked it up and it does go all the way up to Wyoming. So it could be easily incorporated in. Like I said, I apologize folks for not not being up to date on my county lines when it comes to uh, Colorado. But um, anyway, so uh, it's, what, are they doing an executive order in Louisiana are they just doing the you know sports shouting? are they just posturing what at what what? What made the news happen? So let's go to the start here. Louisiana governor at odds with Biden. Okay, so what's the first paragraph say?
2: All right. Governor John Bell Edwards disagrees with President Joe Biden's targeting of fossil fuel industries and wants the White House to reconsider its decision to pause new oil and gas drilling leases in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, this was according to the Louisiana governor's administration on Wednesday says Biden's approach to oil and gas strikes at one of Louisiana's economic engines and an industry that is a chief financial backer of the state's coastal restoration work, putting the Democratic governor at odds with a president within his own party. So that's kind of interesting, I guess, but...
0: I'm telling you, so far, what I've heard is, Jenica, you got the best get yet, which is Governor Gordon, Mark Gordon. He's, out of the four governors, between... Louisiana governor. It just looks like he's just saying words. He hasn't... Oklahoma at least signed an executive order. Okay. North Dakota did a pledge. And... South
2: Dakota has legislation that was put forth by Representative Aaron Aylward.
0: Oh, is South Dakota doing something? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. they, they
2: have a, And it's, it's to protect South Dakotans from unconstitutional executive orders in four different categories, one among them being the energy uh, executive orders. Oh, I did orders. see that. Okay, so yep. South
0: Dakota's putting some legislation forward yep. to protect oil and gas workers.
2: Yep, should it be found um, unconstitutional? We're going to ignore them, I guess.
0: Governor Gordon, like you pointed out in the interview here coming up in just a bit... Um, You asked about a class-action lawsuit, which is what we kind of, you know, just kind of quickly pontificated about just because of all these flurries of headlines about, here, I was thinking all these people were like, you know, doing some sort of legislation or some sort yeah. of, you know, hey, hey, Attorney General, it let's, would make sense. North Dakota has sued the federal government a dozen times in the last week for crying out loud. I mean, over coal alone, they've sued him twenty times. So it's not unusual for a state to sue the federal government. But when I saw these flurries coming, uh, you know, just the fact that Gordon. Kind of hinted that, hey, there's some, you know, yeah, I'm not saying that's happening, but I'm not saying people aren't saying it. So
2: right, it would make sense, and and they're definitely talking about what can be done. He he did verify that they're talking together about what can be done.
0: So right now we're still in saber rattling. Okay, I would expect yeah. that we would have more than saber rattling. Like I would expect more of, uh, we're gonna thump back by now, to be honest. But um, this is interesting. So, so but it, you know, one thing that <clears throat> we've we've seen that's kind of new is governors coming out. You know a lot of, I, normally it's a lot of times the uh, uh, state representatives or the um, you know the, the congressmen and, and senators. So the fact that a lot of these governors are stepping forward is good because you got to remember a lot of these Democratic, now mostly Democratic, maybe there's a Republican one I can't think of have been ramping up the, uh, anti oil and gas rhetoric for probably the last four years to where New York, they banned it. California, you know, he signed a pledge a year ago, yeah. uh, you know, you know, New Mexico, they've had their share of, a uh, democratic rhetoric thrown at them about climate change and, you know, this whole thing. So I'm, on one hand, I'm glad to see that these governors are stepping up. On the other hand, um, I kind of wish the saber rattling we'd get past that and just get right to the thumping cuz the thumping is coming the thumping is coming oh, and yeah. and I would rather have the oil and gas do the thumping than get thumped and right you know what I mean yo yeah, yeah. oh yeah so I don't know. I hope I made sense on that, but um,
2: well, I mean, it made sense to me. But no, I agree. It's it's. It looks more. It says the Edward administration is uh, has talked of trying to negotiate with the White House, which is actually less than actual negotiations. If I'm reading that correctly, mm-hmm. it's it's. They're they're just simply discussing negotiations and publicly saying that it's not okay is kind of what I'm coming at here. But
0: are are they are they, uh, they going to litigate? does it um does it say you know what the next steps are you know i guess how does the um how how, how do they kind of wrap it up and i mean because um, no. it's, it's one thing to come out and say my favorite story when it comes to these types of things is, is fargo moorhead fargo moorhead is these sister cities you know it's minneapolis st paul you know when you got these two cities that are arm in arm hand in hand you know you've got basically a state border or a body of water that separates them, but they act like they're in it together, right?
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, Moorhead needed to build this diversion or something like that for flooding and all this stuff. And Fargo's like, oh yeah, we support you, this and that. Well, then it came time to get the bill, right? And Fargo's like, "Well, we're not gonna financially support you. We're just gonna rah, rah, rah support you. Like that's how it played out in the media and in the council meetings and it was hilarious like wh- okay that that's a great example of how you know just being a cheerleader can be an enabler
3: mm-hmm. for
0: some pretty serious stuff here and that's what i'm worried about with some of these things to where at mm-hmm. some point the cheerleading has to stop and and we got to go to that next point so do do they say that they're going to what the next steps are like i said north dakota they're doing a pledge and that pledges is that we want the governor to basically go in and re, uh, reassess the importance of oil and gas, okay? And, and Wyoming, they're moving ahead. <laughs> they're moving ahead on stuff. Um, Texas, they've got some plans down there. Uh, what was the other one we mentioned earlier? Uh, the executive order was in Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I'm just saying there's
2: definitely, there's definitely pushback. Well, each each one has a
0: different level of action. Yeah. Each one has a different level of action. And to me, it's kind of under that saber rattling category still. So.
2: Yeah, no, uh, unfortunately, this doesn't really say anything about the next the next step so much. I know that it talks about his lawyers being involved to look for mm-hmm. any way to legally, you know... Well, they do uh, have lawyers involved. Yes, however, it also specifically states here that uh, Governor Edwards has regularly refused to air his grievances with presidents, Republican or Democrat, publicly. It says Harris said the governor will continue that approach in this disagreement with the Biden administration. So he's not trying to go public. He's not trying to make a big deal. They're trying to do this pri- privately. It seems like according to this article and for the rest of it, it kind of goes to show uh, the next couple paragraphs shows the difference in mindset when it comes to uh, what they're trying to do. Biden wants to shift the nation's focus from fossil fuels to cleaner alternatives. Okay, and then the, yeah, Louisiana officials want, you know, saying it's causing massive job loss. Uh, we already co- know that. That's
0: the copy and paste Yeah. Stuff. It's that's, not, that's the propaganda. Not part a whole of lot
2: of, not a whole lot of substance um, on what will actually happen.
0: Okay. So
2: unfortunately,
0: there's uh the story is there's no story
2: that's the story
0: so there you go that's that's the media now the story is there's no story i mean i'm glad that he's at least having the conversation but but at the same time um well even the headline says it's pro wrestling louisiana governor at odds with biden over oil gas policy i was
2: expecting at odds though to be like real action no there's no that's what i mean it's it's, it's
0: clickbait so abc news just got us with clickbait all right, what do we got next? Okay. Got to so, gotta lick our wounds on that one. <laughs>
2: yeah, a little bit. All right, well, okay, so this is this was the last one that we had here. ABC News confirms Peter Schweitzer's Biden expose on family corruption involving son-in-law Howard Crine.
0: Probably couldn't have had a better transition there. Right? That uh, was a very okay. interesting transition. So what's going on now? Okay, Biden. Oh, There's a lot there. A lot yeah, that of was names a lot I've never unpack. heard of. Who's Peter Schweitzer? A lot
2: to unpack. So, Who's
0: Biden? Okay, wait. I didn't wait know
2: <laughs> all right. So. Uh, all right. Peter Schweitzer is the author of the New York Times bestseller profiles in corruption, abuse of power by America's progressive elite. Um, okay. He's also a senior news contributor uh, for Breitbart. So what this article is indicating what's is the, that you
0: know, what's the story say?
2: Peter Schweitzer, author of the New York Times bestseller, Profiles in Corruption, Abuse of Power by America's Progressive Elite. So this is regarding the corruption of the Biden family, specifically the connection between the president and his son-in-law, Howard Krein. So Howard Krein, that is the guy who's married to Biden's daughter. Krein serves as- He's
0: the shady one, right? That they're always talking about in the news? Hunter
2: is actually the shady one. Everybody's oh. been looking at Hunter. This is This is incorporating even more of his family into so. it.
0: Hunter mm-hmm. is putting the shade on the shadier one. M- See, the one Maybe? nobody talks about is always the shadier one because they got right. more shade covered over them. Was, See? Right. That's okay. See? All right. Kinda, now I'm peeling you know. the onion back here. Okay. So, so okay, Howard Krine says is the son-in-law for Biden.
2: Yes. Okay,
0: now go to the next paragraph. Yes, I'm, all I'm right. I'm following you
2: now. Okay, so it says that he oversees the company's investments in hundreds of companies. Now, Schweitzer has led the charge in unveiling the layers of corruption within the Biden family.
0: Hundreds of companies?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It says, okay. while all eyes remained on Hunter Biden and his lucrative business dealings throughout his father's presidential campaign, the questionable deals and connections extend far beyond the president's son. The establishment media is beginning to zero in on Howard Krein, a Philadelphia surgeon who is married to Biden's daughter Ashley, Crine served as an advisor to Biden's campaign on the Chinese coronavirus crisis, specifically, and did so quote while investing in companies presenting solutions to the coronavirus with his venture capital firm, and that was according to Breitbart News. So with Biden in office and his administration tasked with addressing the coronavirus pandemic, crime's status as the chief medical officer at Startup Health presents a keen conflict of interest. ABC acknowledged this convenient family to government connection, one of many Schweitzer has routinely laid out over the years, uh, but they did this in a February 9th piece titled As Biden's son-in-law invests in COVID-19 response, questions of family and ethics could resurface.
0: So, okay. They got all these companies, you overseas, and they are basically using what, the system? Is that what they're claiming? They're using the access and, and the system or
2: yeah, yeah, kind of. Um so this this well, yeah, I mean you startup gotta remember ba- it was a
0: Baglevich that tried to sell Obama's seat. So I mean this is like this is part of the culture here yeah. is that you use access as currency. That's you yeah. talked about earlier about how these public officials are like on law. You can get the Texas Railroad Commissioner, Christy Craddock, no problem, but someone else is busy? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Who's busier than the gal in Texas? Right. Who's overseeing 70% of the country's oil? and? That's what I'm saying. So with yep. who you give <laughs> access to, there is a specific value behind that because it mm-hmm. creates the momentum for things to happen. All right, so
2: you're right on the money. That's exactly where this was going. Is that where this is that going? Was exactly well, that's exactly where this is going. Well, yeah? when
0: you were basically what you were saying, mm-hmm. that's all I could hear was all right, they're just funneling access. In the same yep. way, companies are consolidating networks and access is consolidating mm-hmm. because all you got, I mean, look in your backyard. Take a look at where your elected leaders and officials go. Don't you notice they go in the same places all the time? Because that's where they're comfortable. That's where they know that they're not going to get anything against them. Yep. So, it, it, anyway, and it, the same thing happens in business too. Yeah. Why oh, do you yeah. think Hollywood only wants to do remakes? Because they know it's a guaranteed X amount of dollars. They don't want to take a risk on a script nobody's ever heard of because nobody's going to go to it. So, let's do yes. Transformers 20. Let's bring out. Let's let's, let's bring, just
2: regurgitate it over again with another pretty label.
0: Hey, how many people here remember Punky Brewster? Eight. All right, let's do it. I mean, that's how they do it. Seriously, they would rather do a remake of Punky Brewster, a show that thirty percent of Americans remember, than something brand new that could completely change culture. Right. So. That's what this is to me. It's so go on. Okay, tell me I'm right.
2: Okay. Well, so okay. So you go down in the in the article just a bit further. It says, um, but okay. Biden's curious involvement with the company StartUp Health spans all the way back to 2011 when he served as vice president. In 2011, Biden assisted in the launching of the company by granting direct access to the White House, arranging a meeting with former President Barack Obama. The company was young, just weeks old at the time of the meeting.
0: You know what? That's going to do it for news. This This stuff makes me... Crazy It makes my skin crawl, to be honest, and it's Friday. I want to have some fun, I want to end on you know we're kind of handed off to Mark Gordon, you know that type of thing and um th- what this what this tells me though, in all seriousness, is that it's more evidence that that Joe Biden is the modern day Jimmy Carter. And he might be a fall guy for a lot of things.
2: I could see that. Absolutely. I'm
0: serious. I mean, totally serious. Because mm-hmm. if he seriously thinks he's going to mess with the oil and gas industry at, a, at the pace of what he's trying, there's going to be so many cracks that happen. There's even, and, and we don't have time to get into this, but um, even before we went on this program, so, some of the conversations we were having with some of the people around here in the Black Hills Just, you know, these people are pretty environmental here, okay? And just the adjustment of the planet, trying to adjust from the amount of um, shift of of activity that happened, you know how the dolphins went back to Venice and all, you know what I mean? All those, Mm -hmm. well, there there was was quite a shift of uh, driving and just activity, right? and actually new activity because of the amount of computer work that happened there was a lot more uh core heating up in certain areas of the earth so you got pockets of things changing there's all kinds of environmental impacts behind that oh yeah that most people have not talked about yet and probably never will but anyway folks that's all i'm trying to say is that there's a lot of different ways to slice this onion and it's that's why here at the crude life, everything is on the table, especially during the play hard portion. Because I tell you, when we work hard, we can actually go to work. You got to go get your, you know, get your good self on. Because you got to go interview the governor.
2: Yeah, back to reality. No more, no more wrestling. Can't
0: talk about masks. You can't talk about pro <laughs> wrestling. No, you got to talk about serious stuff like class action lawsuits mm-hmm. and whether Weld County is going to succeed the union or not and join Wyoming. I should have asked. God, him. I love that. All right, folks, we'll see you Monday. That's Jenica Hauser, Jason Spees. We'll
3: see you.
1: Music heard on the crude life morning show, play hard, work hard is by the Moody Riverbank. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at the When I'm
3: rushing to by her side, she knows I
0: The Crude Life with Jason Speece. Thank you for joining the program today.
4: If you want to look at America, you go to Permian and the Bakken and... That's what America should be united as one, and that's exactly what we are. And, and then, you know, that's what I love about the oil and gas industry. One county in Kansas, one single county, produced nine percent of the world's oil. That was the oil that won World War One, as the British said from the floor of Parliament. The Allies floated to victory on a sea of oil.
3: Works picked up here in the Permian Basin.
0: Yeah, leadership really needs to take a look at how it, we've been doing things and constantly make changes in how we can do things better.
5: Commodities are always, 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 any commodity business, whether it's milk or whether it's oil or whether it's apples, they always are boom or bust because the solution to low prices is high prices, the solution to high prices is, you know, is high prices. It's a big issue. You know, it's kind of Red Riding Hood
3: syndrome here. People making out the industry to be the big bad wolf.
2: And on top of that, you know, you would get a nice increase in pay, as I'm sure most of us all know, when you move to oil field areas, you get a little nice little bump in pay. After him and I having five margaritas over at the Cork and Pig, I called my boyfriend and I was like, hey, do you want to move to Texas? And he was like, yeah, when when are we moving? (laughs) And honestly, we
4: moved about a month after that. This oil and gas industry, I've met some of the best people I've ever met in my life doing this.
1: Time now to work hard on the Swan Energy phone line.
2: Good day to you all, friends and listeners. My name is Jenica, and I'm here today to talk with Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon. Good morning, good day. How are you doing today, Governor Gordon?
5: I am doing well. It's finally looked a little bit like winter, and uh, Wyoming is beautiful today.
2: Oh, I can only imagine. Wyoming is, is, tends to always be beautiful, I think.
5: Well, thank you. Yeah, we, we certainly think that 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 is the case.
2: Well, I know that you are a very busy man. There's been a lot of stuff going on. So I guess if we can just jump right in it. You've been in the news quite a bit in the last couple of weeks uh, in regards to statements that have been made regarding Executive Order 13990, which stops the federal leasing of oil and gas resources in Wyoming. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing to kind of fight back against that, I guess?
5: Well, well sure, and happy to. And just, just a little bit of context. Obviously, oil and gas is so important to Wyoming, as is the fossil fuel industry uh, all all, in all. And, and like other Western states, but Wyoming, we're always a little bit proud of the fact that I think we led the effort to just do a better job of making sure that our producers, uh, had uh, the resources they need and, and, and the right kinds of circumstances to demonstrate the, the innovation that has made oil and gas industry in, in our country the envy of the world in terms of its ability to keep methane emissions low and, and and all of those things that were done in Wyoming and other western states before the federal government ever ever saw that, and it's responsible, the industry is responsible for uh, the the lion's share of our budget, about a billion dollars, and and uh, just just extraordinarily important. And so, when we saw that terrible price war between the Saudis and the Russians last year, that that had as a byproduct, and I'm convinced the byproduct that was intended to hurt the shale industry, uh, you, you know that tremendous drop in price, it really knocked the socks off off of our industry for the first time. Uh, since statehood, actually, we we had a period of time about a month that we didn't even have one uh, rig running in in the state. Prices had gone negative, as everybody remembers, uh, and so we we took the opportunity early on uh, to to think about what can we do to help some of these wells get completed that are going to be important for the state. Uh, going forward, we, we put $30 million towards what we call the Energy Rebound Program, put people back in the field, kept jobs going, uh, and so on. It's important uh, be, because, uh, you know, this, this, these are good-paying jobs. They're people that are committed to to doing the right thing, um, and and we wanted to keep that industry going. So when this moratorium came out, I uh, immediately reached out to, to colleagues that I have, and I'll just tell you some of the ones that I've talked to. I've talked to uh, Governor Dunleavy in Alaska, where about 50 percent of his production is now, uh, you know, in, in real peril. I talked to Tate Reeve just yesterday, governor of Mississippi. Good good, good man, and, and, and uh, you know, the jobs offshore oil industry that are just being... Being attacked by this 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 bipartisan Biden ban that is just going to hurt Democrats and and uh, Republican states alike. John Bell Edwards in Louisiana and Michelle Lujan Grisham, governor of New Mexico, just just all the the states that are going to feel the consequence of this.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I can only imagine how vast the the impacts will be um, when everything is all said and done. Actually, and that's quite a good list of names, which brings up uh, another question that had been posed. Actually, Jason Spies was wondering um, with all of all of everyone kind of. Trying to push back or figure out how to work around this executive order. Has there been any talk of a possible class action suit against President Biden because of it?
5: Well, I think there's there's states that are that are looking at at what the legal ramifications are. We really have to get a the, the moratorium on the ground and uh, you know to know exactly how to apply those things. But I, I can tell you that. Uh, pretty much uh, yeah, all the states that I've mentioned uh, and, and, and others as well uh, are, are very concerned about this. And I think our first step has been to uh, coalesce and try to get some uh, letters together. I uh, actually, uh, Governor Luhan Grisham and I had a, a call with the White House uh, about a week ago in, in which we said, uh, you know, how important these jobs were. How it's wonderful to talk about transition jobs, but they're not one for one, and maybe they don't pay as well. And there really needs to be uh, some consideration giving to given to workforces. I, I think that was one of the first things we did: uh, reached out to uh, uh, the new Secretary of Energy designate, uh, Jennifer Grandholm, to to see uh, you know if, if this administration, which we believe they at least, they were interested in doing. We continue to work on, uh, you, you know, things like carbon capture and sequestration. So we've been reaching out to them on that level, but I have to tell you, we've been making sure that uh, our, our quiver is full of the arrows it needs to, to make sure that our country continues to move forward, our economy stays strong, and, and and, I mean, just to put it in clear terms, it's much better for us to be selling energy to our friends than it is to be buying it from our enemies.
2: Right. Well, it was so was that then kind of the reason behind the Wyoming, uh, your executive action, uh, 2021-01, that has the four different components and has the state agencies examining the financial and employment impacts? Was that kind of what led into that? Well,
5: absolutely. Early on, as, as you probably know, we had the University of Wyoming, uh, do a study basically on western states and Wyoming in particular just to say what would a leasing ban mean to our state and it means roughly three hundred million dollars a year lost tax revenue uh, you know and one point two billion dollar loss in, in investment in the, in the in the state uh... over over the year uh, and and on based on that we also said okay each agency take a deep dive look carefully at what this means because you know it's not just the loss of the drilling rig it's all of the support that goes to make sure that you can drill well you, you know it's 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 uh, the the folks that run equipment out there it's the people that do the fracking it's the people that do the downhole work it's it's uh, the cafes it's the um, you know, it's all the little town businesses that cater to the, the workers. I mean, this—it's a big deal. It is a huge deal, and completely wrecks an economy if you don't—if you don't respect it.
2: Oh, absolutely. So then, so then do you think the next step would be to take that information and maybe put something, uh, well, okay, so I guess let me preface this question by saying that I have noticed that, for example, North Dakota and South Dakota both have uh, legislation introduced to potentially uh, sidestep the executive orders if the state finds them to be unconstitutional. Do you think that'll be kind of the next focus? Or do you think that the focus will be more on evolving in order to fit where the direction is going?
5: No, we're, you know, we're, we're right alongside. In fact, uh, Governor Bergham and I, uh, uh, talk on almost a daily basis just about what we can do to, to, uh, to push back against these, these orders. Um, and, and so we're, we're right alongside with them. But I think the other thing, and this is that other, uh, executive order, uh, which, which really talks about, uh, taking away the regional jurisdiction on, on decisions on things like sundries. Um, it, it just makes no sense. And people argue, well, this is just normal, routine, run-of-the-mill thing. New administration wants to have everything, uh, you know, their way. But what what's happened is that for offices out in the field in places like Wyoming, if you want to come in and, and and say you know I want to change my pad location maybe we had an environmental issue we wanted to avoid we want to change our pad location or you're going to do something down hole that's going to be different um, that those things have to go all the way up to the secretarial level uh, before before they can be approved and it's basically brought everything to an absolute standstill because if you know and I I guess, you know, I can't necessarily fault the the agencies or the personnel for saying, I don't know if I can do this or not, so I'm just not going to do anything. The problem is we have a very uneven uh, implementation of this order across the West. This is one of the things that Governor Luhan Grisham and I were, were talking about with the White House. If you're going to send guidance out, please let us know so that we can talk to our Bureau of Land Management offices and say, you need to be able to process these things in a timely fashion so that you don't shut down the industries in our state.
2: Right. Get everyone on the same page again.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And I think one of the things,
5: you you know, the the, the Biden administration is talking about this in the context of trying to be a good climate solution. Uh, And that's, you know, I, I don't think a very sophisticated way of looking at this, if you hear it from time to time, keep it in the ground and all that. But, but the nation needs oil, the nation needs gas, the nation needs to move forward economically, and there is going to be demand. And if that demand is not met by places in like Wyoming and New Mexico and Alaska where it's, highly regulated, carefully executed, done better than it is anywhere else in the world, all that production is just going to go offshore where it is not regulated, where emissions are not carefully thought about, and it's going to be climate negative uh, in that context. So again, it's just a matter of really making sure that we put America first, that we make sure that American leadership and innovation is something we showcase and celebrate.
2: Absolutely. Well, okay, so this kind of brings me to the to the next thing that I had noticed. Uh, you, I had seen within uh, a couple of days there was an an article published talking about a series of proposals that you have uh, been introducing to help the energy, tourism, and agriculture sector in Wyoming. And now this is separate from from what you had already been doing. Yes,
5: that is that is correct. Uh, the the uh, the, the a- agriculture. Uh, Initiative really is something that we started about a year, year and a half ago. Uh, really talking about western, uh, western lands, public lands, and private lands, and and the real scourge of invasive species, which we're we're starting to deal with across the West. We put science together, uh, put a top flight panel, uh, came up with some recommendations. And those recommendations were codified into law, and so that's the that's the agricultural piece. There's other pieces of that coming along as well, but I'm really proud about the energy sector. Um, and and Wyoming took we had two existing um, authorities. One was a pipeline authority that had a lot to do with Kern River and some of the others uh, getting built, and the other was our infrastructure authority, which was designed around transmission and power plants and and so on. Well, we, we put those together sort of out of energy efficiency and, and stood up an energy authority. Um, and, and so the law that I signed last, um, actually earlier this week, really was about uh, making sure that that was comprehensive. It included geothermal and something that in this you know, and, and Wyoming loves renewables, too. We, we, we love all energy. Um, but, but renewables are going to have to have battery technologies, and battery technologies are going to require rare earth elements and critical elements. And, and we, we know we can get some of those out of coal. We know that we can get some of those out of, uh, out of various other production methods that we have. And so we expanded the authority to be able to talk about all of those sectors.
2: Okay. So the Wyoming Energy Authority is basically over any kind of energy is what you're talking about.
5: Yeah, it's an ability to promote energy uh, and, and, and all energy. And, and again, you know, that's what's really essential for our country moving forward. We've led the way uh, and we can't lose step. Uh, we, we need to make sure that we move forward. I, I'm really proud of the fact that back in the 1980s, Wyoming was one of the very first, if not the first state ever to have wind generation, right outside of Medicine Bow, both Hamilton Standard and Boeing had, uh, you know, windmills that were prototypes of what you, what you see today. So, so Wyoming really has led in energy all along. Energy Authority will help that. We also have a school of energy resources. Um, Holly Kupka, uh, is, uh, Dr. Kupka is is the head of that. Uh, she is just a remarkable, remarkable uh, person of vision, uh, we're, you know that's been able to talk about the integrated test center we have outside of Gillette, where we're taking carbon dioxide emissions and, and figuring out ways that we can turn that into not a waste product or an emission, but something of value, something that we can use.
2: I was actually going to ask about that because I had seen that uh, it was talking about carbon capture and carbon byproducts being Wyoming's future. And I was curious to know what what the carbon byproducts would be used for.
5: Well, I'll give you a couple of examples. You, you know, we all know about the volatility of gas prices uh, and, and a lot of our carbon fibers are, are you know, derived from, from natural gas. Uh, coal has a much less volatile price structure. We have, it is probably our most abundant resource in the, in the country. Uh, and uh, the, the chemistry is not that dissimilar. So if we can start to make carbon fibers out of coal, it's a much more predictable price for a seed stock. Uh, you, you know, we can start to manufacture what, what a lot of carbon fibers going into vehicles. Uh, I've, I've talked with others about you know, if we can get uh, aircraft-quality carbon fiber, perhaps Wyoming can start to manufacture components of aircraft. Uh, we, we see Boeing, uh, Boeing fuselages going through on trains, and it would be nice to put some wings maybe manufactured in Wyoming on those trains as well. Uh, maybe even start manufacturing the planes here, here in Wyoming. So I think there are some real opportunities uh, just straight up in carbon fiber, advanced building materials, uh, and, and then some other things as well, um, you know, biodiesels and other aspects of uh, of, of byproducts of, of carbon carbon dioxide.
2: Nice. Well, because I had seen that it was talking about uh, basically preparing for the, the worldwide build-out of solar and wind. Um, but, so okay, so with this worldwide build-out, Kind of sounds like you're actually moving more towards uh trying to find maybe a balance and utilizing coal a bit more than than was previously is kind of what that sounds like is that am i am I kind of on the money there yeah
5: it, it, it very much uh along those lines again you know all energy uh it, wanting to make sure we have small modular nuclear wanting to make sure coal is part of that and let me just let me just say coal really Renewables have—obviously, uh, There's obviously they're much more economical than they used to be. They are a larger component of, of the energy infrastructure, energy generation, electricity generation than they were. But they, they cannot, uh, as of yet, replace what is dependable and reliable, which is, which is our you know, dispatchable fossil fuel sources like gas and, and coal, and in fact, coal, I think, believe, you know, believe it or not, coal really holds kind of the key to removing carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Uh, and, and, and that is this carbon capture and sequester technology. One of the pieces with agriculture we're looking at is how do we sequester more carbon dioxide and biomass? And then if we can incorporate some of that biomass as we burn our coal, we actually can end up with a carbon negative energy uh, electricity source. And and if you're you're really about the climate, uh, getting carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and continuing to provide reliable, cheap energy, uh, that's, that's, that's the equation we want to solve for.
2: That, that was wonderful. And I'd, I'd wanted to, to find out what about the coal and the new technologies would, would create the reduction in air pollution because I'd seen that in there too. I, I think that that's going to be absolutely uh, just brilliant. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. I guess if we, since we are running short on time, is there anything that you would like to say, anything that you think that people might need to know about um, in the coming future as it pertains to the oil and gas industry?
5: Well, 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 Jenica, you, you, uh, thank you for for this opportunity, and, and let me say that y- you know having having a domestic, reliable domestic source, uh, being dependent on 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 what our country can produce, that's that's really important. I don't think we want to go back to you know the time when we weren't energy independent, and and we can obviously do it better here. Uh, so when when you're thinking about uh, oil and gas in our nation, you, you know you, you got to look to our to our states. Uh, they're the they're the crucibles for innovation. They're the crucibles for moving uh, technology forward. Uh, and there's real opportunity here. And, and we have a very bright uh, view of what of what oil and gas means to Wyoming. Always has been a part ever since before statehood. Oil has been a part of our economy, and we look forward to it being part of it, going long ways into the future.
2: So long story short, it's not going anywhere, it just might be evolving a little bit.
5: It is evolving, absolutely.
2: Well, wonderful. Thank you again so much for the time you, you spent talking with me about this, Governor Gordon. I'm very much looking forward to see how these, you seems like you've got a lot of projects in the, you know, in the fire. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how all of this turns out and what comes next as far as uh, developments in the oil and gas industry over in Wyoming. I think there's a lot of people kind of holding their breath, waiting to find out.
5: Well, thank you, Jenica. Hopefully they won't have to hold their breath for long. They'll see that there's a great opportunity here and, and come and invest
2: thank you i love it have a wonderful day
5: you
2: too all right friends and listeners that was governor mark gordon from wyoming talking with us a bit about the oil and gas industry some developments and uh, i'm sure that there's more coming if you liked what you heard make sure to go and check out more content across the crude life.com for continuous updates
1: on the harmony after a
0: hard week's work with
1: occurred on the crude life morning show play hard work hard is by the moody riverbank back to
3: the ways oh, 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 back, to the waves. Oh, back
0: life with Jason Speece. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I,
4: I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing
3: with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them.
4: We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without Without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is so i i don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's you know dad has several small businesses and and coming from that sort of small business background i get it i mean the, the, the operators here
5: were
1: put in a real bad position by the state of north dakota well that we've got people like you to pay
2: attention bring us information on
1: stuff like this prices can't go any lower for services I, I, they're they're too low right now. Like our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often.
4: You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can speak for my 20 companies; they take it very serious.
1: It makes perfect sense. And I thought you had a really good show last week, Jason. I
4: love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that uh, that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly. State of North Dakota, United States Senator. How to Jason Speece, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world? No one does an interview like Jason Speece. We
1: all
2: like living the crude life,
1: so. <laughs> the crude life with host Jason Speece.
0: My name is Jason Speece, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview. With U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer right here on the Crude Life Daily Update.
4: With regard to Paris, um, which I'm glad you asked about, and I, I, Jason. One thing, one thing I do love about your interviews is because you've thought this stuff through. You're 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 both curious, but you also have a perspective. And flip the script is a pretty good description, I think, of what you're reading from me and my opinion piece that I wrote for the, the, uh, I wrote it for Fox News, actually. That's who ran it first, and then since then it's gotten out a long ways. I was, it was interesting when when, um, President Trump became president, I actually sort of joined forces a little bit with, at the time, Jared Kushner and and Ivanka, and then um, the Secretary of State at the time, uh, saying, you know, Mr. President, maybe we ought to think about this Paris Climate Accord. Now, clearly, we couldn't go in under the same, or we shouldn't stay in under the same conditions that Barack Obama created. I mean, okay, China, you're the biggest polluter in the world. We want you to continue to pollute and grow your pollution footprint for the next, you know, 15 years, um, and we'll continue to reduce ours. Th- that just makes zero sense. The thing, we to always remember about the Paris Climate Accord is that the emission standards that are set in Paris are are, are, are voluntary. So even so, whatever you agree to, it is only voluntary. It's just—it's really an accord. It's not so much—it's um, not so much a, a court, if you will. But by recusing ourselves from it, and this is what I said to the president at the time, recusing ourselves from it, we diminish our opportunity to advance our interests on the global stage. And the reason I believe that's important is because so much of the innovation, regardless of what you think about climate. Much of the innovation that will that will diminish and, 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 you know, minimize a carbon footprint will be invented and is being invented in places like the EERC in Grand Forest, North Dakota and other places in the country. Things like carbon capture utilization and storage.
0: To listen to the full-length exclusive interview with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts on Facebook, YouTube, even the Twitters. Go to CrudeLife.com, click on the social media tab. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life.
1: The Crude Life is sponsored in part by...
0: It takes an industry to build a forest. industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard.